You know what's so amazing about being a Christian? Is that the God of the universe, you know as a Christian, came down and walked among us, and he dealt with the same exact things that you and I deal with. I mean, just just briefly, we're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit different today. I was headed in a certain direction with the sermon, but I. I don't want church just to be a form. I don't just want to come here and pretend like everything's okay. I want to come together as a body, and I want for us to press together uh, to be His body. But this morning, I was just thinking about a time in Jesus' experience that's kind of kind of similar to maybe to how we're feeling this morning. Um, you know, last week many of us were here when John was laid down in the pew and he was taken out and we were praising God that he was surrounded by so much wonderful help that uh, he didn't have a heart attack, his heart was okay, and things looked so hopeful during the week. Um, so when he passed away last night, it came as a shock to many of us. Um, even though he had been in critical condition and things were difficult, it still wasn't what we were hoping for. It's not what we thought God had in mind. And there's a time when Jesus dealt with his disciples going through the same thing and dealt himself going through the same thing. If you have your Bible, open it up to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. You remember how John the Baptist came and he was pre- preparing the way for Jesus. He was telling about this amazing person who was going to come and that he was clearing the path for him to come. And everybody's looking forward to this Messiah, looking forward to this glorious future where John the Baptist is probably going to be at the right-hand man of Jesus. And they're, they're all assuming that even though eventually we read that John the Baptist gets locked up in prison, well, well, Jesus is just going to go free him sooner. He's going to send somebody to go free him. or This is going to end with a happy ending. This isn't the way it's going to end. But as we read in John chapter 6, King Herod under pressure at a feast and made a terrible choice and ends up having John the Baptist beheaded. And I mean, this is horrific for his disciples. This is horrific for Jesus' disciples. This is, it doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? It, it's so hard for them to handle. And in verse 29, it says this, of John chapter, Mark chapter 6, sorry, Mark chapter 6 and verse 29. Mark chapter 6 and verse 29. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. They, they come to Jesus and they, they tell him about what's happened. They tell him how all these things have, have taken place. Both what they had done and what they had taught. And I think Jesus' response is, is beautiful. I mean, Jesus is in the midst of ministries, in the midst of all types of things happening. He's got a mission. He needs to heal people. He needs to, to preach. He needs to share the good news. And in the midst of that, when he sees that people are going through it, he says this in verse 31. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. But let's, let's come apart. Let's Let's take some time together. Let's process this together. Let's pray together. Let's, let's take some time away from the normal routine of things. And let's come aside and rest together. 
And this morning, I'm so appreciative of last week how how you guys handled what was taking place here during the midst of the sermon when that was happening, that uh, those who were able were helping and those uh, who could pray were doing the most important thing, which is to pray. And this morning, um, before we, we, we talk a little more and we share together a little bit more, um, I'm going to give you a chance actually to, to share words of comfort this morning. If there are things that God's impressed you or showed you, like Leah texted me the verse of the day from the Bible app this morning, and that was really encouraging to me to see that. And there may be something that Jesus is laying on your heart this morning, and we'll give you just a, a chance to share that briefly. Or it may even just be the way that you saw God working in John's life. And, and in sharing that, we're not substituting for what's coming with, with a memorial service, because that's something that we want to, so you can repeat things there. Um, this morning, it's all about looking to the comforter, Jesus, and being able to share together about how Jesus can walk through us with difficult times, and how Jesus is our comforter, and how he's promised to send us the comforter. But before we, we share together about that, I'd like to just take some time. If you're comfortable to pray with those around you, uh, if you'd pray with two or three people around you, and Specifically, pray for Nadine and for her, her daughter, Carrie, and for her son, Scott, and their, their children. Uh, pray for them to be comforted. But also, pray for those who are hurting in our congregation, and just pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us to worship together this morning in a way that Jesus is really lifted up, and that we walk out of here with hearts filled with hope in who Jesus is. So if you're comfortable praying with two or three people around you, great. Look around, get two to three people. If you're not, you can just bow your head or, or, or just make it, if that's the most comfortable, and just have a, a silent prayer on your own. And we'll just take a minute here to, to, to pray together. Pray for Nadine and her family. Is She's hurting immensely. I was with her early this morning, and she's hurting. And, and when the body hurts, the body comes together. Pray for Zadina. She's really hurting, too, in her loss. Um, pray for her family, too. I would just take time to pray together for them and also just to pray that, that the Comforter would be present here, that we would be encouraged in Jesus and the hope we have in him. So if you want to pray with two or three people around you, that'd be great. Or if you'd rather just pray on your own, you can just bow your head and, and pray silently where you're at. And we'll just take a few minutes to pray together. Father, thank you. You've said that um, your house is to be a house of prayer. But what better place for us to come together and to, to pray together, just to lift up our loved ones who are hurting, who are going through it, to lift each other up as we, as we go through a separation and a loss in a way that you understand, something that, that you fully uh, enter into our our mourning our suffering, and, and you're just longing to bring us comfort and healing today. I just thank you, God, for that. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, it says some really encouraging things as we, we think about uh, what Jesus is to us. In moments like today. Um, but I just want to focus on the last verse before we have a time of sharing together because 
It says this, and I'll, I'll invite uh, actually the deacons to come in and to grab. There's two microphones uh, up here that we can bring around if people would like to share a word of encouragement or anything along those lines. But First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18 says this, Therefore, comfort one another. Just stop there. <laughs> comfort one another. Uh, Paul understood uh, when that, that, that we would be going through difficult times, that we would experience suffering and loss, and, and there is need for comfort. There is need for us to be encouraged. And specifically goes on to say, therefore, comfort one another with these words. And we'll look uh, a little bit briefly at the, the promises that come before this, but, but this morning, I wonder if there's anybody who has a, a promise you'd like to share. It can even just be a brief word of encouragement. Uh, it could be something something that, that you saw in John's life. We don't want to turn this into a memorial service. This is a, our church service, and we'll have a memorial service. Uh, but if you have something that you'd like to share this morning uh, that is healing to, to hearts, then I just want to invite you to share that. I'll just tell you, uh, while you're thinking about it, you can go ahead and raise your hands, and the mics will come around to you. From my own experience, what... Um, John came to mean to me over the past year and a half, or actually, no, it's been two, two and a half years in particular. Um, I was going through a pretty rough time at one point about two and a half years ago, and John suddenly took it upon himself that he needed to encourage me. And you know that every morning, I wake up really early in the morning, I could guarantee that my phone for the past couple of years was going to light up with a text message around 4 or 5 or 6 a.m. with a text message from my, my friend John telling me that he's praying for me, encouraging me. And that means a lot. And I want to encourage you today that we become that type of a family for each other. That we continually lift up and encourage each other. That, that we be agents of hope. That we be praying for each other. That that we draw close together, that we press together as a church family. Somebody was just telling me here recently that, you know, there's people who come in and, and leave church and they don't feel really connected. We don't feel like the kind of family that we want to feel. And if that's the case for you, I just want to encourage you to, to reach out, to come close, to draw near to be here because we want to be that family. We want to press together. Uh, we want to reach out for and look out for each other. And if you're feeling that way, come talk to me. And maybe there's a way I can help encourage you and connect you with other people because we're a body. We've got to press close together because uh, this is by no means the last time that we're going to go through grief. Um, it's no, by no means the first time that we've gone through it. Uh, but the closer we press together, the more we'll be able to handle the difficult times when they do come. Would anybody like to, to share a word of encouragement this morning? I see a hand back there, Randy, and I see one here, Bruce. And, uh, is... Well, some of you won't know who I am, and a lot of you do know who I am, but I was here for a long time. And uh, just, just you try to remember something, remember on a happy note, a happy time. When you saw him, and one time John came over to help me, and I on my irrigation, and he 
told me to open a valve and I was standing right over it and I forgot that I had left a part undone. And so when I turned the water on, it shot water right in my face very hard and a lot. And John was laughing at me and I, I will always remember how he looked at me. He said, not smart enough to, cl- to, to make sure the thing was plugged off, huh? And, but <laughs> Psalm 73 talks about a, a guy who, who's asking about how the, how, how the unrighteous get away and they seem to live a life and everything's hunky-dory and I'm trying to do my best and I'm not doing too well. And then at the end, in Psalm 73, he remembers God and how, how this is only a small minute of time we are in and it will seem like such a small period when we get to heaven. Just keep that in mind. It's mm-hmm. it's really a short time that we're here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't think that the <laughs> that the righteous uh, they have a lot to uh, be thankful for. Yeah. In fact, let's read Psalm seventy three, verse sixteen and seventeen. When I thought how to understand this, that's what he's talking about: how the wicked are prospering and how life seems to be going good, and then I'm suffering. Why am I going through this? When I thought how to understand this. It was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Until I went into the sanctuary and I saw Jesus and I recognized that Jesus is everything. And that is what brought healing to the psalmist's heart. And that's what can bring healing to our hearts this morning. Okay, I think we had Randy back here. One of my favorite books is Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, page 140. The road may be rough and the ascent steep. There may be pitfalls upon the right hand and upon the left. We may have to endure toil in our journey. When weary, when longing for rest, we may have to toil on. When faint, we may have to fight. When discouraged, we must still hope. But with Christ as our guide... We shall not fail of reaching the desired haven at last. Christ himself has trodden the rough way before us and has smoothed the path for our feet. Amen. Amen. He walked it before us and he will see us through. I love that. Reminds me of Romans 5.5 that says, Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Hang on to hope today. It says, Because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts, by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. It's through the Holy Spirit as that comforter that we are filled with hope uh, that this isn't the end, that we will see our loved ones again. Does somebody else like to share a word of encouragement this morning? Yes, George. From the day, <clears throat> from the day that John and Nadine showed up at this church, I don't know of any person that didn't like them. And John was the kind of person who, whatever job needed to be done, if it was a deacon or if it was working in the lawns or yards or being a greeter at the front, whatever it was, he stepped right up and he did it. He never complained. And we're all going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus understands that too. Yes. Ron. This morning... uh... Uh, the pastor and I had our 
usual Sabbath morning prayer walk, and John and Nadine are normally there right with us at 8.30 in the morning. And so today it was just the pastor and I, and, and usually after we prayer walk through the sanctuary and the children's uh, room, even the kitchen, the foyer, the Sabbath school rooms, we pray over each one before Sabbath school starts. Uh, then we sit in the, the fellowship room there where our prayer room is. And uh, we normally will open a scripture, and sometimes God will just lead us to just the right scripture for the day. And this morning the scripture that came to my mind was in Matthew chapter 27. And uh, we read a few verses there, and it says now in verse 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was darkness over the land. When we're going through trials and and uh, through these sad times, there is a real darkness that can surround us. And Jesus suffered that darkness. And about the, the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes we'll feel that we're forsaken, <clears throat> that God is not there for us. We really need him. And I'm, I'm sure some are wondering that no John as to why he had to pass so soon. But Jesus knows that pain. He knows what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Verse 47 says, Some of those who stood there, and when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah, kind of mocking him. Immediately one of them ran up and took a sponge and filled it and sour wine and put it on a reed and offered to him to drink. And the rest said mockingly, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Hmm. And the hmm. pastor said after we read this, Jesus gave his life that those could could be raised from the dead wow. that very, very weekend. Hmm. And because Jesus died on the cross, we have that promise that John and many of our loved ones will be raised again and be a testimony to the power of God that he loves us, he cares for us, he knows exactly the pain that we're suffering from loss and feeling forsaken, he knows the pain of being mocked and ridiculed for what we believe, he knows the pain of, of just being just naked on the cross exposed, and he knows the pain that we're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. 
And so we have a loving Savior who has given us the comforter of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I just want to say a short prayer mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit may come near to us right now. Shall we pray? Amen. Dear Father, we are so thankful for Jesus who gave his life on the cross for us. Mm. We are reminded of what he suffered for us so that now that we have the hope of the resurrection, we have the promise that we will see John again and our, our loved ones who has also fallen. Uh, Randy Ward is here for memorial service for his mother, yeah. and Zadina is mourning the loss of her father, and, mm-hmm. and many of us have lost mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters this past year or two, and so we pray, Father, for comfort, mm-hmm. for a blessing, and for your presence in our lives that the, the sacrifice of Jesus may not be in vain, But through his sacrifice, many will receive eternal life. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. We have some hands over here. That cross is where we look to, to to know that his love is stronger than death. Because the the all-powerful God of the universe willingly laid down his life so that we could have life. His love is stronger than death, and that's what we cling to today. Roy, you'd like to share with us today? Um, I met John in the Sabbath school room. I always help him to pick up the Bibles. And my prayers with the family all the way till we meet him again in the promised land. That's right. We have that hope. Thank you, Roy, for sharing that. I think I saw Mike over here. David, do you have it? Or... Somebody had a mic. Oh, right there. Lydia. Um, I just would like to remember um, when um, John used to always cheer me up with his jokes. And then <laughs> I just want to read this Bible text from Revelation 21, um, 4. Awesome. And it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Amen. Thank you, Lydia. That's awesome. I think we had somebody up here. Yeah, Olga. I want to share a verse uh, from Proverbs uh, 17, 17, and it says, A friend loves at all times, mm-hmm. and a brother is born for adversity. Nice. And it just, uh, I have a, my brother, I have a big family, and one of my brothers, his name is John, and um, John has always been very playful, and loves a kid around and joke around, and he's just a very loving person. And uh, I would tell him, John, I already have a brother, John. He says, well, he's not here. So I'm your brother while he's not here. And so, and uh, I've always just called my brother John. And so when I invited my my uh, blood brother John to come and visit, um, I introduced him. And he just bonded with him. And all is to say that I think John's dream and vision for our church is that we would love each other as yes. brothers and sisters in Christ. And he lived that. And I think he um, encouraged that. And I just, I think that um, that would honor him if we continue in that. And that's what Jesus wants for us. Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you, um, it was like John had a more and more burning passion 
over the past, I don't know, it seems like the last month or so, um, that he wanted to see this church come alive with people excited about Jesus. He said, what do we got to do? How do, how do we get people to come out to prayer meeting? How do we get people to come out to our All About Jesus small group? He's like, it's so great. I, I just want more people to be there. He loved you. And he wanted to bring as many people closer to Jesus as possible to help us all press together. And may that be our goal, uh, to allow Jesus to really make that a reality. I think I saw another hand here. Yeah, David. Yeah, I just um, I just want to say to all the men, um, John, Ron, and I got an opportunity to go to the men's retreat um, that the conference put uh, together here in Fresno. And it was a powerful time. We both, well, all three of us came back really encouraged by what we heard and also the challenge of, you know, raising men and women for God at the church level as well as the conference level. And I just want to encourage each other as we draw close together um, that we we reach out just to one person a day maybe, whether it's a phone call, a text, yeah. uh, some word of encouragement because we can all use it. Yeah. And that's how the fire begins to ignite. It only takes a spark to get the fire going. Mm. And soon all those around may warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it. And uh, I want to share John 14, 1 through 3, which has been a powerhouse text in my life. Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, you may be also. That, my brothers and sisters, is the gospel. Amen. That is a powerful promise from a God that loves us. From a God who gave it all on Calvary's tree to set us free. Amen. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for coming today and spending time in worship and in praise and in rejoicing. Because we have a promise that was read today that is just awesome in Revelations 21.4. May the theme of our hearts be, let not our hearts be troubled, that we do believe in God. And that God can help our unbelief until our belief is so strong that we want to reach out. We want to desperately help someone else. That is my prayer for today. Thanks. Thank you. Along those lines, you know, if you want to encourage somebody... In the pew in front of you, one way that you can do that is Pastor Cliff's ministry, our carrying card ministry. You can pull out one of those cards or two or take a stack with them and write them out. And you can mail it yourself or you can put it in the mailbox back there and Pastor Cliff will mail it for us. You can do that for Nadine and her family, for Zadina and their family, for Randy and his family. Um, I know they'd all appreciate it. Yes, George. I got the text from Leah this morning at 3 or 4 o'clock and 
I know how close Linda is to John, and so I couldn't figure out whether I should wait until she wakes up or go. So anyway, I went in and woke her up and told her what happened. So we laid there and talked probably for about an hour, <clears throat> trying to understand why a young person as John would be taken. And so I told Linda, I said, well, John was ready. He, his heart was right with God, and we know that he'll be there. But this also has a great opportunity for the people around him to start making decisions because things can happen very quickly. A lot of people who are Christians want to live their life on the fence, and that doesn't work. We have to give our whole heart to God. So if you're sitting on the fence and you're close to John, you see what happened, get off of the fence. Let Jesus have your whole heart. He wants it. Thank you. He's knocking at the door. You know, along those lines, um, we don't, it's not that we're sad today for John, because you look at Revelation chapter 14, we've been looking at the three angels' messages, right at the end of the three angels' messages, after it says, here's the patience, in verse 12, here's the patience of the saints, here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. It says in verse 13, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed, that's makario, it's like happy, blessed, are those who are, are, are the dead who die in the Lord from now on? Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Today we, we grieve because of the separation, the loss, but we don't grieve for John because the next thing John knows, he'll see Jesus face to face. What an incredible reality that is. Anybody else like to share something, a brief, we have one or two more? We have two, two right here. Kathy and then Pastor Cliff. I'll make this real quick. Um, I met John in, I think, 2007 and 18 when Pastor Ivor had the Star Wars series. And um, over the years, I've been attending. I'm not a member. I want to be baptized possibly yeah. in December. And John was very instrumental in that. He gave me the packet um, to read and study. I've had trials and tribulations in the last, since 2001, that I'm now healed. And four months ago, I was given back my life. And when all this last week happened with John, I I could feel everything that was happening. And when the message came through this morning, I woke up at 11.30 vomiting, just really, really sick. And I knew... I could feel it. I could feel him going. And at 12.15, I had read the message that John had passed, and I knew that he was with Lord. I just felt the Spirit in ways that was unbelievable. But John and Nadine have given me a faith, an opportunity to know faith in my life that I'd never known before in the way that I know it. And I would encourage people that don't think that God's there for you. 18 years, I prayed and prayed and prayed about my vertigo, and I didn't stop praying. And I was cured four months ago, and I never lost faith. And I would just say for those that if you feel that you don't have someone here that you can turn to, everyone in this church, my granddaughter, when she was eight years old, told me that, Nana, I've never felt so much love in one place. She walked out of here, and she's never forgotten it. She knows the church. My daughter is with the Baptist Church. I'm not going to get into that, but I just I love Nadine and John, and my heart goes out to their family right now. And 
lift them in spirit and comfort them. It's hard to let go. I know that John's looking down. I know he's with us. And I just praise God. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. It's neat to hear all the different experiences. And just remember this. I hope you'll come to the memorial service where um, we can share this testimonies with the family. So don't think as you shared here that you don't want to share it there as well. Pastor Cliff. Yes, I uh, have a difficult time even thinking about this, but uh, uh, we had a special relationship with Nadine and John. Uh, We lived pretty close together, and we would come to prayer meetings uh, together uh, almost every Wednesday evening. But... uh, my dear wife Jan had a had a part in this. Uh, Nadine had not been to church for thirty years, and she was fearful of coming in, whether she would be accepted or not. And and uh, my wife met her with a big hug, and <laughs> and she had uh, Nadine had a wonderful experience here, uh, sensing the love of this church for her and. And she was able to pass this on to John, and um, he began to come with her. And and um, what uh, I can't say enough about his his friendship and being really uh, living a Christian life, not just talking about a living one. And and I remember they. Uh, attended a grief recovery class I held, and he even, <laughs> and Nadine carried that on themselves Caught for a time or two. So, um, anyway, I, it's, my, uh, my dear wife doesn't know about this yet because she has really struggled with her own health since her fall and breaking of her pelvis in March, and her energy level is really a challenge. So uh, uh, I'll have to share this when I get home, what happened. I know her heart's going to be broken like mine. But uh, anyway, we can be assured that we're going to have a great reunion in heaven one day, aren't we? That's right. That's right. We cling to that. Yeah, Connie. I was listening to him, Pastor Cliff. Uh, I met John in 2014 when I first came here, coming from Arkansas, uh, taking care of my mother, and she passed away. Um, They were a light to this church. They would pick me up in Tassadero when I lived with my daughter, and he would pray over my daughter and I. And he was the one, him and and his wife, that I could pray with and I would get a ride with because I didn't have a job yet and get settled in this town. So, and he was a light. He'd always joke around and he's going to be missed. But, you know, he was laughing when the paramedics picked him up. And I'm sure, I just pray the Lord that I'm sure he witnessed to the paramedics. And so we agree with him that they're going to be saved. And we agree with him that his death is not in vain. That the nurses, I'm sure he witnessed to them with his joy that he had. And um, so... Thank you. He will be missed, but he uh, has a great light that we can follow and be more like him and through his struggles. And so he'll be greatly missed, but 
I just hope that his death is not in vain, that we learn from this, like um, the other person said. That um, So we just thank you for this church. We just praise you. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. Thank you for sharing. I don't want to cut it off t- uh, too soon, but do we have one more? No. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Steve, Steve was going to share. We'll have Steve be our last one right up here. <laughs> and then and then we'll save the rest. And, and I, I, I implore you to, to repeat anything that you shared about John specifically at, at the memorial service because the family needs to hear it for their own, own uh, encouragement. Yeah. I wanted to say there was one thing about John and Nadine that I really appreciated. And from the day that they both came back to this church, they were all in. Hmm. 110% there for every, every opportunity to help, every opportunity to participate. They were going to make this commitment complete. Hmm. It wasn't going to be slip in the pew at the back of the church and then slip back out. This was everything to them. Mm-hmm. And to honor John's memory, I would like to live that kind of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a promise in Isaiah 26 that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. As a child, as a woman with child about to give birth, rise and cries out in her pain, So were we in your presence, O Lord. But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to our dead. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, another verse along those lines in Isaiah chapter 26 um, that encourages us uh, leading up to that verse 3 and 4 and verse 4 was the one that Leah texted me this morning that she found to be encouraging you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you you want peace in a hard time keep your mind stayed on the God who loved John, who loves you more than his own existence, and who laid down, uh, he went through the, the experience of hell so that John could just rest in the, the grave, so that John has a hope, so that you and I have a hope of our soon returning Savior. And then it says in verse 4, this is the one she texted me, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Trust him, cling to him, hang on to Jesus. You know, recently Leah uh, watched this testimony. I think my mom had sent it to her about this lady who uh, she was. I think she's a famous singer or something along those lines. But she uh, raised her daughters and taught them all types of hymns, and she would always sing different songs to them. Well, later in her life, she ended up coming down with cancer, and as she was going through that battle, it was really hard for her family, and as it got down to the last stages, I just remember at the memorial service, one of the daughters sharing how she said, I told mom, I don't know how we're going to live without you, I don't know what we're going to do, something along those lines, and the mom said, if I attached you to myself, and I failed, you were to be attached to Jesus. Friends, that's what it's all about. It's not about 
John. We want to be together with him, but it's because of who Jesus made John to be. It's because of the hope that we have in Jesus. It's because of the knowledge that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That, that Jesus is the one who, who would walk up to the widow at Nain who was suffering with her, her mourning over the loss of her loved one and, and touch that coffin and the, the boy would spring up. It's Jesus who, who delayed purposely going to his loved ones who, when Lazarus was sick in John chapter 11, and it says that he loved them. And it was so hard for them to understand why he would let this happen, why Lazarus would be allowed to die. But Jesus said to Martha, do you believe that Lazarus will rise again? She said, oh yes, I believe. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Being attached to Jesus is absolutely everything. And so we really can worship this morning. We can praise Jesus because John is sleeping in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. And Jesus is holding John and he's holding each one of you and he wants to see each of us through this time. So I wanted to close by inviting you all to stand and just to go into some passages of Scripture that are incredibly encouraging. And we'll try to have these up on the screen, but I'm going to start in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, I read this to Nadine at 4 or 5 this morning and she was talking about how much she loves the Scripture. But we'll start in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 and we'll read down through the end of the chapter. I just want you to read it with me because there's nothing more powerful than the promises of Scripture to remember who Jesus is. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ Jesus who died. And further, who is also risen? Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Just let that sink in. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love is stronger than death. And if you are connected to His love, you look forward to an eternity with Jesus first and foremost and an eternity with your loved ones like John. Turn with me 
also to First uh, Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four, another powerfully encouraging message uh, in in times like this. First Thessalonians, sorry, Second Thessalonians. No, First Thessalonians. That's Ephesians. That's why. <laughs> All right. First Thessalonians chapter four and verse thirteen, and this is where we started off saying, "Comfort one another." with these words. And that's with the words of all of Scripture, but specifically the words recorded here. Paul was dealing with the Thessalonians who were, they were concerned. Their loved ones are dying and, and, and Jesus hadn't come back and they weren't sure what was going to happen. They weren't sure that there was a hereafter. And, and Paul wanted to let them know that they could have comfort, that they didn't have to mourn. And notice when he says, you don't have to mourn, he's not saying don't mourn at all. He's saying you don't have to mourn as others who have no hope. We do mourn, but we mourn as those who have hope. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 says this, and, and you can read it with me if we can keep up on the screen. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Go ahead and read it with me. Next verse. Try to lead us. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. I think there's one more verse. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Friends, Cling to the promises. Cling to Jesus. His love is stronger than death. He promises in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for these promises. Thank you that we can cling to the reality of who you are. We live in a broken world that you didn't design this way. You didn't want us to experience pain. You didn't want us us to experience heartache and tears. You didn't want us to experience separation. And yet you've stepped into the midst of it. And you've promised to bring eternal good and beauty out of it. And God, sometimes we don't understand how that's going to take place. But may we go into the sanctuary. May we look to the cross. May we remember Jesus whenever we have doubts, whenever we have questions. May we look to Jesus, the resurrection and the life. And may our hearts echo this promise day in and day out. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father for comforting our hearts today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.